Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for checking out LJN Radio. Today on Moving Up the Ladder, we're talking about the career Roomba syndrome. Now, if you have no clue what we're talking about, think of what a Roomba does, how it moves, and now relate that to one's career. Maybe that'll help you piece the puzzle together just a little bit. Returning, though, to LJN Radio, to give you that full picture, we have Brad Zomik. Brad is the co-founder of Skilled Up, where he also serves as the Senior Director of Content Strategy, and he's going to let us know how we can avoid or get out of that career Roomba syndrome. Welcome back to LJN Radio, Brad. Thank you very much, Tim. It's great to be back. We're having you back on because you had an interesting article that talked about something called the career Roomba syndrome. Let's just go right into it. What is career Roomba syndrome and where did this whole idea come from? Sure. So I made up my own definition and I'll kind of spout that out. It's a mouthful. And then I'll kind of you know, explain to everyone how I came up with it. The career Roomba syndrome is an occupational affliction that is characterized by a string of different job roles, some related, some starkly different than the last. And the afflicted lacks a passion for these jobs. Each time, you know, the patient, the quotes, hits a dead end <laughs> at, at a job and basically they're forced to back up, redirect their career path. But more often than not, the new path is not determined by any clear strategy, but necessity to keep the status quo. Uh, in extreme cases, you know, the, the, someone who has this, this syndrome may be simply stuck in a single dead-end job. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of the way I came up with this, you know, I, I kind of lived it. Early in my career, I struggled. And actually, I kind of started my career around the time the, the Roomba from iRobot came out. So those of you uh, who don't <laughs> know what a Roomba is, it's kind of that little robotic vacuum cleaner, circular disc that basically vacuums your floor. It's a, you know, it's a robot, so it, it's smart. It was smart in quotes, but you know, basically <laughs> it has some sensors that you know, when it hits the wall, right. it's, it basically backs up, keeps on going. If it hits it again, it backs up. And, and I essentially, when I graduated from college, I didn't really know, I didn't put a lot of thought into what, what I want to do with my life. And I, I think maybe a lot of people fall into that category. I think college has kind of this, uh, become a little bit of a, a social rite of passage. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people focus on the social life, whereas we're really there to, to learn and kind of progress or career, become ready for the job market. So right. I kind of fell into the category of people who really enjoyed the social life. And <laughs> I, not that I didn't do, I did okay in college. You know, I graduated 3.0, but I just wasn't really thinking about the future. There sure. were many people that I went to school with who were. Uh, maybe their grades were a little bit better. And uh, they were doing kind of a learning about careers, going on interviews, setting up internships in the summer, or, or you know, interviews for you know, graduation. And uh, I didn't do any of that. So I kind of, uh, you know, came out of college and I was like, wow, what now? You know, all of a sudden I had this, there was a combination of pressure from many different sides, you know, the parental pressure of when are you going to get a job, you know, and then your friend, the, the peer pressure of your friends, people are getting jobs in different fields. And then, you know, the financial pressure of like, oh, I got to pay the bills now. And I think, yeah, many people get stuck in the same rut that, that I did. And when you go to look for a job, it's not so much about, you know, is this what's going to make me happy and fulfilled and something that I'll love to do? Or is it just something that pays the bills? And, and I think that's where it all starts. You know, if you're not being strategic about your career, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure in a sense, because you, you're going to be doing something that's maybe a little bit menial. Uh, I mean, some people luck out, you know, they don't really plan, but they find themselves in something that kind of works out, something they like doing and becomes a career. But you know, people find themselves... Few years later, you know, working at a bar or even some office job, they're right. pushing paper. So that, that's what the career uh, Roomba syndrome is all about. 
Now with that, you mentioned that people get into this rut um, and they're just kind of bouncing around, potentially, like you said, the kind of the illustration of that Roomba. How does this relate to, we hear it all the time about employees not being engaged and it's affecting productivity and people are just going to work, like you said, to get that paycheck, make sure the bills are paid. How does this play into the idea of engagement and productivity at work? I think the lack of productivity, the lack of engagement is kind of symptomatic of this. Okay. When people kind of tune out from work, it's because they don't really enjoy what they're doing. They don't see a career path. They're stuck in the proverbial rut. And as a result, it's really hard to get excited about anything. If anything, it's, it's the exact opposite. Feelings of dread and anxiety kind of creep into to work and just make it an uh, unpleasant place for yourself and maybe a lot of the people around you. Well, you alluded to it a little bit there as far as maybe signs that you're in this career Roomba syndrome. What would you point to for people to maybe who are listening thinking, I, I might be in this, I kind of feel that way. What would you point to for them to understand whether or not they're in this rut? Sure. So a few signs. Uh, I think number one, you know, you're at work and it feels like you're just going through the motions. Two, you're not really devoted to what you're doing. So you come in late, you leave early, take long lunches, look for any excuse to be absent from work. <laughs> A third one is your coworkers might be the only thing that you like about your job. Mm. Four, your workday feels like it goes on forever. You know, Friday at 5 p.m. is your favorite time of the week. <laughs> yeah, six, I get, uh, you self-medicate with alcohol, maybe drugs on the weekend. Seven, all of your happiness and pleasures derive from personal relationships, friends, significant others. Eight, you see people's vacation photos on Facebook and are incredibly jealous. In general, you spend a lot of time on social media, personal interest sites while you're at work. Mm, sure. Number nine, I guess when you're on vacation and it's about to end, you want to cry. <laughs> and uh, the, the final thing, you know, number 10, this is more of, similar to number nine, but ongoing. Sunday evening just fills you with an incredible sense of dread. And I think if, if, if four or more of these kind of resonate with you, then you're probably in that rut, having career Roomba syndrome. So do you feel, or from your experience, people you talk with, is this something that's become rather common or something that maybe over the years has become more prevalent within the workplace? In this day and age, especially millennials, they're more conscious of what they do. Okay. I think back in the day, when I talked to my parents or you know, my aunts and uncles, they kind of picked the job and they stuck with it because that's what people did back then. Right. They, they had to do something to pay the bills and put bread on the table for their family. My parents, my mom was a teacher her whole life. My dad was a dentist. Everyone, in, you know, their friends pretty much did everything they did. Uh, you know, I think our or the younger generation, my generation and younger, like there's a lot more focus on getting satisfaction and enjoying your job, not kind of just having a job to earn money to support your family. I think people have different values now when it comes to work. I don't think much has changed per se, but it's just really how we think about work and, and that it's that's more than a paycheck. Sure. I think that makes sense. I think you're right. Obviously, different generations have sort of their uh, identity when it comes to work, and it definitely was different a number of years ago. Uh, with that said, a lot of our listeners are going to skew younger in that millennial portion uh, or around that age at least. So how can we help them get out of this rut, avoid the Roomba syndrome as far as their career goes? What are some common ways that you could offer up for them to make sure that's not happening to them or they can get out of that rut? Sure. I think number one is kind of admitting you have a problem. And, you know, I make the example with millennials that they 
they fall into this maybe because lack of planning. But I think actually it's not just millennials. It's really anyone really, you know, you, you can get into a job situation that, that is great and you're loving it and it can go south. You know, uh, a lot of companies make bad strategic decisions. As a result, you know, budget cuts happen and mm-hmm. people get demoted, people get laid off. So it's almost, there are situations where you just kind of end up there. You know, you have bills to pay. You can't wait around for a perfect job. Maybe you're saving up for something. Uh, so you wanted to stay where you are. And uh, some people are just afraid of rejection of, of moving on to the next thing. And maybe just waiting for a turnaround. So I guess people with the best intentions could still end up in the situation. Right. They're comfortable with one thing and they're kind of afraid to take a risk to move on. The first things first is really just understanding that you've kind of hit the wall and that you need to take action to change your situation. Because some people are just like not, either, not willing to admit there's a problem or not willing to take action. Mm-hmm. So assuming that you kind of admit there's a problem and, you, and you're willing to take action, that's kind of the first step. I think two, you know, kind of start saving for a rainy day. Put aside some money to support yourself in case you have to quit. Maybe invest some money into uh, skill training, like online courses to learn a new skill. Mm-hmm. Three, uh, entering kind of a phase of self-exploration. So I think this can be many things. It could be taking kind of personality tests. It could be just kind of deep thinking, you know, getting a self-help book. I think a lot of people get uncomfortable when they get into this step. Uh, I think really it's important though, you know, a lot of people don't really think about themselves too much, and, you know, let alone like go through questionnaires about your innermost desires and fears. And so it, it can be a little bit scary, but it's like really a crucial step in finding out what is right for you. But it, I, I think, you know, some people can do this with like kind of a book, like kind of oh, the famous one I think comes to mind. It's like, what color should parachute as it relates to careers? But right. Uh, also, you can get a career counselor to kind of help you through this uh, if you need a little bit more hand-holding. The next phase would be experimentation. So I think, you know, the key is to get out there and try many things. And you don't necessarily have to do it in a way that kind of interrupts your income stream. If you're interested in learning new things, you can take on a side project. You can volunteer your free time, whether it's in the evenings or the weekends. And just basically find opportunities to experiment, practice new things that you're learning, which leads kind of the, the fifth step, which would be immersion. Okay. So assuming you found something that you think you derive some joy from and, and it was rewarding, you know, the idea is to try to make some sort of transition. And yeah, if you don't have to worry about money, you know, it's probably, you can consider taking kind of a unpaid or low paying internship. And, um, you know, those that have obligations looking for some projects that, or that you can do in the evenings and the weekends that will give you the necessary experience and maybe make a few bucks. Sure. Uh, and as you refine those experiences uh, or those skills, you can kind of build a new resume and uh, more importantly, a, a portfolio. So, so the next step uh, and I guess final step would be networking. And I think this is probably something we should all be doing all the time. Right. I don't think ever network too early or too much. But you know, assuming you've kind of refreshed your resume and reinvented your LinkedIn portfolio, now you're kind of ready to go and you know, maybe even print up some business cards. I think there's a few different ways to go about doing this. Uh, number one is basically having an elevator pitch for what, you're, what you can do. You know, what is your dream job and how, how can you add value to whatever position you want to be in? You know, then I think having that pitch in mind, going to meetups, getting on LinkedIn, maybe being active in online social circles, Twitter, Facebook groups, even I think Google Plus has some groups, a little less popular than it was before. 
basically the idea is talk to anyone and everyone you know and that means you know friends family members and you know their networks mm -hmm. uh, you just never know what, what opportunity can be lurking around the corner so I, I think the networking you can kind of start almost from the beginning because right you know networking you want to almost be doing to find those side projects to find volunteer opportunities if you find somebody that is doing kind of what you want to do, you want to get close to them and make yourself useful and, you know, basically kind of volunteer your services in, in order to learn from them, you know, about what they do and, and how they do what they do. You know, maybe it, it could be a way to, to find a mentor, which is kind of the best, the, the ultimate thing if you're trying to learn something new to, to have someone take you under their wing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing bad I can say about networking. It's <laughs> one of the most useful things that, that any, anyone should be doing. We should always be doing it all the time. I think that's a great point, just as far as the networking side of things. And, uh, you know, as you alluded to, if you've been doing that consistently, it's probably going to make that transition easier. If you are stuck in that rut or you're looking for something different, uh, as you said, if you have those connections already, that's really going to kind of give you a jump start on everything you're looking to do. Brad, I think you've given us some good information here and some nice examples as well, as far as what people should look for, how they can help themselves if they are, again, stuck in that career Roomba syndrome. If you were going to give the listeners one lasting piece of advice or a takeaway from our conversation, what would you want to give them as we look to close out today? Yeah, I would just say don't let lack of direction kill your career before it even starts. Uh, and when you're in a role where you really enjoy what you're doing, it actually doesn't feel like work at all. So I think, I think that's the ultimate goal, right? You know, if you love what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life. I think that's a great place for us to leave off. Brad, thank you once again for joining us on LJN Radio. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here. And with that, we'll close out this edition of Moving Up the Ladder. Once again, we were speaking with Brad Zomick. He's the co-founder of Skilled Up, as well as their senior director of content strategy. And we were talking today about the career Roomba syndrome. And we hope we've helped you out a little bit if you are stuck in that rut. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show, have any feedback about LJN Radio, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at the LJN, and you can find all of our episodes on iTunes. Search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. <laughs>